uh, uh, here, here's the deal is that today we're going to give you a little bit of insight as to why you might have a problem with certain things that happen at church. Well, if you could see it, maybe it wouldn't be that big of a problem no more. Hello? I mean, if you understood it, because see, there really is a warfare for your soul. See, and, and, and the Bible tells us that, uh, which by the way, if you don't have a Bible, if you hold your hand up, the ushers will bring one to you. It's a gift. You can have that. Um, but, uh, but there will be a test. <laughs> uh, we, we want you to take God's word and get it in you to the point that it's coming out of you. Hello, somebody. And uh, uh, please don't be an average church attender. Well, that sounds judgmental. It is. Uh, and, and by the way, this mindset that we'll, we're not supposed to judge, well, that's like the dumbest thing you've ever bought into, yeah. right? Because you have to judge. If you have good, if you have, if, if you have good sense, you know, uh, if you're going to pay uh, $200 for a Christmas tree or $20 for the tree, well, don't you have to use sound judgment? If you know if something's good for you or bad for you, what you have to do, you have to judge, Right? Well, you, you, you can't judge me. What are you talking about? You judge yourself when you, when you don't want to weigh in the balance whether something's good for you or bad for you. We don't. You, nobody needs to judge you. you. You took care of that yourself. You're an idiot. Okay. So uh, how, how about how about we live smart, not afraid of saying, "Hey, this is the right way for me. This is the right way for my kids." This is the right way for my house. This is the right way uh, for, for my substance. This is God's way. See, because if, if, if I were the devil, and I'm not, but if I were the devil, I'd try to convince you that there should be no judgment. See, see, I'm hoping that judgment occurs because when judgment occurs, that's when you get paid, right? When the judgment's for you, then that's a reward, right? How many of you know that the Bible says that, uh, uh, that without faith it's impossible to please God, but we must come to him believing that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, right? So he is a rewarder. Can I just tell you a little something about that word, reward? Uh, uh, did you give them Bibles? They got them? Okay, because we're not going to go through that other part because I'm, I'm flowing here, okay? Uh, uh, but that, that word reward, it's an extravagant gift that God has to give to you. Okay, and, and, and I'm telling you, uh, that, that word is very unique in uh, the Greek language. It's, it's not used a whole lot in your Bible. Uh, it's like once. Okay, and it's talking about uh, the, the extravagance that God wants to show you. And, and it's not just his kindness or his goodness, but he, I'm telling you, God, you, you, you know, uh, some people say, uh, let it snow. I'd rather I'd like to say, make it rain. Okay, you, you understand what I'm talking about? Yeah, oh, oh well. Uh, uh, I think God wants to pour out on your life in such an amazing way. Listen, I've been talking to him about the coming year. I hope you have been. I've been praying, I've been seeking God, and what God has for you in the coming year is exceptional. Somebody say exceptional. exceptional. I, matter of fact, I think we ought to just stop right now we, and just thank God for what's about to happen in our midst. 
Okay, because here, here's the deal, is that what God wants to do, there's certain things that you've asked for, there's certain things that you've dreamt for, there's certain things that you've planned for, there's certain things that you've fought for. And God, it, he wants to reward you. But how many of you would be willing to say this and, and agree with me here, it, it, you know, and, and you don't have to respond, but I mean, just mentally think about this for a minute, that if you have a dream, but it's not actually God's dream, because God's dream for you is way better than yours. Right? So, so if, if you have a desire, but it's not a godly desire, it's not a righteous, okay, let, let's call it the righteous desire. See, if I have a desire and it's not the righteous one, well, then I don't want that one. I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be led astray and, 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 and again, you know, uh, uh, you, you know, disappointed because I actually got what I wanted. Is, cause that's happened before. Amen. And, uh, you know, and a fought for what I wanted and then finally got it and then went, what was I thinking? You know, why did this happen? You know, uh, well, because you fought for it. But see, if I have a desire and it's unrighteous, I don't want that one anyway. So how about if we had a way to say, okay, God, here's our desire. But if it's you, then make it happen. And if it's not, then just go ahead and give me what you had desired. Right? Because I'll trade mine for yours. You know, and, and I don't think that it bothers God at all for you to say, as long as yours is better. Because he already knows you're thinking that. Right? He already knows that that's in there. So you might as well be real. Hey, I'm not certain, but I'm pretty certain that your desire for me is better than mine. So you can take mine as long as you promise to give me yours. Don't withhold them both. Huh? Come on, don't... Well, well, yeah, but see, you got to understand, that's not God's heart, is to withhold it both. Matter of fact, if you're not colliding with God's desire for your life, could it possibly be because you're fighting so hard for yours? See, and he can't give you both because yours is contrary to his. And so he wants to, he, you know, he wants to bring light, but you're trying to live in darkness and, and, and what fellowship hath light with darkness. But, but God's just trying to get you to say, Hey, if you, if you'd let go of that, uh, I'd let you take hold of this. Well, do you have scripture for that? Yeah. Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you have to take up your cross, deny yourself and follow me for whosoever will hold on to his life will lose it. But if you will release your life for my sake and for the sake of the kingdom, you'll gain it. What a great deal. Oh, you don't get it. What a great deal. Okay, because what God has for you is not normal. It's not common. Okay, it's not run of the mill. It's exceptional. Okay, So, so God doesn't want your marriage to be average. Somebody ought to be thanking God for that because the average, the average marriage in America ends in divorce. God don't want that for you. He wants you to have an exceptional marriage. An exceptional isn't that, well, we barely made it. We hate each other, but we're still together. No. What God wants you to do is every day, could you just imagine if you had the marriage that God wanted you to have where you woke up every day, look over, and you were afraid to wake up the spouse, lest they figure out that you were still there? That, 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 that you didn't want to root. This is such a dream that it's like, oh my God, I can't believe this. This is getting better and 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 better. Man, I'm telling you, I'm telling you that, that, that what God has for you is so exceptional that, that, that you won't be able to silence your soul. Your soul, the way you think, the way you feel, the way you make your choices, it'll all sing of his goodness. And he, and, well, I, I don't know how to sing that song. He'll give you the stinking lyrics, baby. 
He'll put it, he'll, he'll, he'll put a new, he picked me up out of the miry clay and set my feet upon the rock. He put a new song in my heart, even praise to my God. He even gives you the praise to give him. Mm. See, God has a lot for you. And the enemy is freaked out because he doesn't want you to get it. And so if he can get you to seek your own thing, I mean, you, you guys know enough Bible, right? Matthew six thirty three, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. I love the Amplified where it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of being right, his way of doing right. See, there's a way. There's a way. A lot of us are so tied to our way of doing things. Our way of thinking, our way of talking, our way of treating people, our way of handling things, our way of, of, of and, and what, what, what happens is, is that that becomes, see, uh, it, it, light and darkness are symbols in the Bible. Light is, is the symbol for revelation, insight, discernment, understanding. Darkness is, is, not, is not the absence of a light bulb. Darkness is uh, ignorance or, um, what's a better word? Um, see, the ones going through my head aren't nice. <laughs> so I'm trying to not use, you know, like my language. Huh? Foolishness. Foolishness. Jesus defined foolishness as someone who hears the word of God but doesn't do it. Right? Remember the foolish man built his house on the, on, on the, on the sand. Why? Well, he heard the word, but he didn't do it. And he defined that. But see, uh, and so God, God's wanting you to be willing to, to, to let the darkness go and let the light shine. And when the light comes and you begin to see things, I'm telling you, uh, see, the Bible says don't. He said be careful that the light that you have or that the truth that you operate by is not actually darkness. See, because you can, be, you can be going through life thinking you're right. Well, where is this extravagant reward system that God has? Well, you, yeah, but you're, you're living separated from that. Yeah, but I'm walking in truth. No, you're walking in something that you call truth that ain't truth. So you got to be careful what you know because what you know might actually be preventing you from knowing what you need to know. Right, and, and so it just stops you in your tracks because you're certain that, that no, 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 this is where I'm at. In, in, in Isaiah, he said, no, you'll hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk ye in it when you turn to the left or the right. He, he said, God's word will give you directional information for when decisions are being made. The, the word behind you, that's the word of God sown in your life in the past that comes up in the present that unlocks the door to your future. But see, God, even God can't get you into your future if you won't... Listen and obey. I'm watching my time. I'm doing good. Okay, you ready? There are certain things. There are certain things that you know. And see, today is just an awesome day because this is the day we call it one day, and we're going to give a special offering in a few minutes, and it's above and beyond our tithe. And 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 we're going to we're going to allow God to use that money to through us bless people all around the world and to participate in things that where we can just help others win. It's just going to be awesome. Okay. It's just going to be awesome. But see, a lot of times when you, when you get into church and you start talking about money, the first thing that comes up is there's this wall. A lot of people get offended right away. And, and, and because offense comes when you're under the impression that your dream has been threatened. 
Okay, so how you see money and how you see and what you had planned for that money, and 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 it's like, oh my gosh, if I if I give that up, I'm I'm going to lose that, and all these people, all these people here want is my money, and 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 and, and they're all they are just always talking about my money, my money, my money, and I just want to tell you something today uh, that, that you can just relax a little bit because we don't actually want your money. God does, but that's between you and Him. Okay, I don't care. Uh, like what you do is not going to impact what I'm going to do at all, okay? But I just want to share something with you so that you might see something so that it, maybe it'll change the way you see a lot of stuff, okay? So, so uh, let's just read some scripture real quick. Matthew 26, starting at verse 6. I'm going to read quickly. Uh, it says, Jesus was in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, and there came to him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment, poured it out on his head as he sat at meat. And when the disciples saw it, they had in- indignation, saying, to what purpose is, is this waste? Uh, and the ointment could have been sold for much and given to the poor. And when Jesus understood it, he said, Why do you trouble this woman? For she hath wrought a good work on me. For you have the poor always with you, but me you have not always. For in that she hath poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever the gospel shall be preached in the whole wide world, there shall also this, that which this woman has done, be told for a memorial of her. Is that amazing? I think it's really cool that God said, hey, you guys, you might want to just chill for a minute because what she's did, uh, is gonna be, that's going to be shared around the world. Everywhere the gospel preached, they're going to tell the story because of how right on she was. And here you guys are all messed up over it. You want to be real careful that you don't get all messed up over what's going to change the world. Oh, come on. That was way better than that. I said, you, you, you might want to make sure that you don't get all fuzzed up over what God's doing that's going to change the world. That God has a plan, and, and it's an exceptional plan, and it's going to bless um, in amazing ways, and you're sitting here kind of getting fuzzed up about yourself. That should be the first indicator that you might have a little teeny-weeny problem going. That God is focused on the world, and you're worried about your 1729. Because, you know, when you tithe, you round to the penny. Isn't it funny how quiet it got right there? So you start talking about money, people start getting fuzzed up. Start talking about how we see it. And, and, and okay, well, first, check this out. Let's just, Jesus is in Bethany. Everybody say Bethany. Bethany. At the house of Simon the leper. Okay, this just sounds like a holiday get-together, doesn't it? Okay, he's at the house of a leper at a town called Bethany. Bethany means the house of misery. If your name is Bethany, we're changing it to something else today. Okay. We're going we're gonna to call you B-J, B-R, B-something, B-cause. Okay, okay. Uh, we don't want you to live that out. Jesus is at, check it out, okay, in Mark, and I really like to take the Gospels and, and when stories are in all of them and kind of do a comparative so that you get the full picture. We're going to do that really quick this morning with this story. And, and, and in Mark uh, 
14, 3, he said, being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, he sat at meat, and there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment and spikenard, very precious. She broke the box and poured it on his head. Okay, so he's still there. Look at John 12, 1 and 2. You get a little bit more insight. Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus, which had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. That's where he was at. And they made him a supper, and Martha served. Martha served. If you know the Bible, you know Martha's always serving. Sometimes she does it well, sometimes not so much. But Martha's serving. But Lazarus was one of them that was at the table with him. Now you get why in the world would Jesus go to the house of misery to hang out with Simon the leper? Well, because the guy that was dead that's now alive again is there. And we're having dinner together, and there's as many people there to see Lazarus as there is to see Jesus. Hello? Does it kind of broaden your insight just a little bit to understand that, hey, get this picture, and here's what's going on. And it said, uh, it said that, you know, uh, but when the disciples saw it, Matthew 26, and they're not going to put these scriptures up because just a time. But check this out. When Matthew saw it, it says they had indignation. Everybody say they had it. Okay, so Matthew, Matthew paints this picture like everybody's upset. And, and when you read Mark, it says in verse 4, Mark 14, 4, it says, There were some that say some had it. It says some, some that had indignation and, and said, Why was this waste of the ointment made? For it could have been sold for 300 pence. 300 pence, by the way, is a term that means a year's wage. Okay, so, so the 300 pence, 300 working days. So uh, just think about what, you, you know, in your one-day offering today, you're going to give one day's offering. She took 300 days and, and, and brought it and, and anointed somebody with it. And they're a little bit upset. People, people have a tendency to get upset when somebody else's offering makes theirs look stupid. Okay? Uh, but I love this, that Matthew says... Uh, the disciples, when they saw it, they had, they had. And so he's kind of a team guy. They were all one team. They, they had a problem. Uh, Mark wants to make sure that you realize that he wasn't part of that group. So he said there were some. There were some that were upset. But John is the man. And in John twelve four, it says, Then said one of his disciples, Judas. So, so basically, Matthew said, yeah, they were upset. Uh, Mark said some were. And John said, no, it was John. It, it was Judas. It, 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 it was Judas, and, uh, and, and he's the guy that's going to betray. And he said, listen to what he said, why was not the ointment sold for 300 pence given to the poor? But he didn't say that because he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief, and he had the bag and control that bore where the money was at. So he didn't say it. He didn't say it because he cared about the poor. He said it because, hey, if we sold that, it would go in this bag, and I could control it. See, let's just get real for just a minute that a lot of people what we're upset about is uh, it's not the issue with waste. It's not the issue with where it's going. It's the issue with control. That we think, we think that if we do what God tells us to do with our money, that, that we're going to lose control. And, 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 and dude, you just, if, you can just find, if you can just figure out where you're at here. Because here's, here's Mary, and she's, she's got this flask of perfumed oil that, she, that has taken a lifetime to collect. Do you understand that? You know, that, that flask, that, that ointment that she's carrying, and, and, that she, she has done odd jobs and worked, and, and this is her savings account. She couldn't just run down and, and, and see Taylor at Giza, right? So she kept it in this, and it's the custom, so that when they got married, they'd have something to bring to the table, and it's part of, part of the dowry, and, and, and she brings, and so she has a dream, okay, you with me? She has a dream about her future, but she, but let me just tell you something. Two months ago, her brother was dead. And today he's sitting at a table with Jesus breaking bread. 
Okay? Now, now, now check it out. That when, when that kind of activity happens, your level of gratitude kind of elevates. Okay? I said that kind of, that, that kind of, that kind of lifts you, the gratitude level of your life goes through the roof. And some of you guys need to have a revelation that that's exactly where you are today is that you were once dead in your trespasses of sin, but now he has made you alive and given you new life and you ought to be a lot more grateful. Man, it ain't just you. He said, if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved, both you and your whole house with you. Man, I'm telling you that you got family members that you, you should be celebrating because what God has planned for them is an exceptional year. They don't even know, they don't even know Jesus yet. They ain't even serving God yet. Some of them are in the room going, it ain't gonna, it's probably today. Okay, so her level of gratitude is through the roof. But not only that, all of a sudden, because about the time Lazarus come hopping out of the tomb, Mary has this revelation. This ain't no joke. Huh? Oh, Jesus ain't playing. Hello, somebody. I've been traveling with him and listening to him teach. And, and like a lot of us, see, like a lot of us, we're sitting here and there's stuff that we want to believe. But yet, on the other hand, we were a little torn. You know, we've heard stories. But, but let me tell you something. When you experience it, your belief system is jacked through the roof. And she was there when Jesus said, hey, if you hold on to your life, which is your dream, if you hold on to it, you're going to lose it. But if you will release it for the sake of me or the kingdom, you're going to gain it. She heard that. She believed it. So guess what her gratitude did? Her gratitude caused her to give. She didn't want a normal future. She didn't have a dream for, for uh, you know, hooking up with a man that was kind of average. The last thing, the last thing some Bible-believing w- woman of God needs is an average man. I gotta talk to you men for just a minute. Some of you guys are spiritual sissies. If you if your intention is to remain a child, we have a list of churches in the community who have amazing nurseries. I don't want to be surrounded. By a bunch of baby boys. Hey, you be careful. You offend me. (laughs) Frankly, Scarlet, what you need is a couple of good offenses. (laughs) Man, you want to lead a family into an exceptional year. You're going to have to be an exceptional man. It's funny because I look down here and, and you're like a rock star. You know that? You know, I really didn't have anything to do with it. So you're welcome. I just think you're awesome. But I'm talking about men being men of God. And she's sitting down here going, that's right. <laughs> that's right, man. We need some men of God around here. It's crazy when the women are praying that the men would be men. And the men are under the impression they are because they stand stiff during worship. Wake up, thou sleeper. 
Hey, Mary recognizes that Jesus is telling the truth. Judas is offended because his dream has been threatened. That could have been in this bag. I could have had control. Well, see, here's the thing, is that you would swear that you're in control of the thing that has control of you. Because if you had control, you wouldn't have any problem giving it. She wanted an exceptional future, so she gave an exceptional gift. I wonder how many of us today, as we get ready to participate in one day, are prepared to give God an exceptional gift. I would even go so far as to tell you that if you haven't prayed and talked to God about it yet, don't do it yet. See, uh, without faith, it's impossible for God to be pleased. Without faith, faith comes by hearing, but faith is activated by obeying, right? So, so effective faith isn't just listening to the word, but it's actually doing it. Remember what James said, that uh, you don't want to be a hearer only deceiving yourself, but you've got to be an active doer of the word. And so when you begin to do what God said, that's faith, and that enables God to, to be pleased. And, and, and then it tells us in that verse uh, how God is pleased. It says, for we must believe that he is. He is what? He is God. See, you don't bring something to God and then tell him how to bless it. You ask him what he wants to bring. And when you bring what he asked for, he doesn't just simply bless that, but he blesses all of it. You know why the tithe is 10%? Because, think about this real quick. When you count in tens, after you get to 10, you can count to any number you want. Because uh, 10 is the representation of the whole, right? So 10, and then you, and then you get 100, and then you get thousands, and then you get 10,000. Then you, the, Hello? And so, you, so, so why would 10%? Because 10% represents the whole. So it's called the law of representation. So when God asks for a 10%, you bring the 10%, and he blesses the whole. So that's why when you bring God one, one, you know, one point seven percent of a tithe. See, and you know what? You know what's crazy is in America. In America today, according to Barna Research, in America today, the average uh, evangelical believers, okay, uh, tithing is under three percent of people that actually tithe. It, we're better than that here. We're we're like about twenty percent. Yeah, it made me drop my cup too. Okay. <laughs> Because I'm like, what? Yeah, because see, I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking, are you kidding me? What, 20%? But when I ask people if they're tithers, they all raise their hand. It's because, uh, it's because you've redefined what a tithe is. So you give, you know, you, know, you give $7. Well, that's, this is how we're, this is our tithe. That's not your tithe. And, and not, why isn't God blessing the, well, because what you give is called the law of representation. So you've given him a portion, so you get a partial blessing. See, to, to please God, you got to let him be God. You got to ask him what he wants you to do, and then you got to do it. Right? And then you believe that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Well, what does it mean to seek him? Well, you find out what he wants you to do. That's what that seeking part is. It's you, what are you doing? You're seeking the instruction. What are you going to do with the instruction? You're going to follow it. When you follow the instruction, guess what he's going to do? See, he cannot not bless your obedience. 
It, it doesn't say that when you come to God, you believe that he is and that he might actually reward or that he could reward if he wanted to. No, it says he is a rewarder. So he can't not bless you. See, the human mind cannot comprehend God's response to one act of obedience. See, and the enemy has you freaked out that if you lose control, that your dream's going to be threatened. See, that you, that, that you won't be able to do what you were planning to do with that money that you had because when we pray, and can I just tell you something? That, that uh, Shelby and I, you know, uh, we, we started praying about, uh, you know, the one-day offering and, and, and we started asking each other that, and, the, and the number keeps going up. Okay, the number keeps going up. And let me just tell you something. We've got to hurry up and get that seed given before it takes everything we got. And, and, and the deal is, is that a lot of people give what they're anticipating to make. I'm just believing God this is what I'm going to make because it's one day's wage, right? So I'm going I'm to pray. Well, but you need to ask God because I'm just telling you, and there ain't no lack of faith on my part, John. There ain't no lack of faith on my part. But I, there's nothing in me that thinks I'm going to make this amount every day. Because if I make this amount every day, there's going to be a lot of irritated people around here. And we're only going to have to work like three days and then we're done. It's awesome. But what we're given this year, you know, and this is not the first exceptional gift that we've ever sown. Uh, and, and I say that not to brag on me. I'm telling you, I, 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 want you to, I want you to collide with who God is. That he cannot not reward obedience. You know, years ago, Evan, you're 29. So about 29 years ago, Evan was just a couple months old. God spoke to Shelby and I. We had a 3,000 square foot home on five acres with a small orchard. We had 980 feet of river frontage. Uh, God spoke to us to sow that house. We, we owed $60,000 on it. It was worth at that time right at 200000 Today it'd be $700,000, $800,000 home. They'd probably tell you a million, but I'd never pay that much for it. But uh, uh, so basically, you know, we, we, we gave $140,000 seed. And I believe that that's why we're in the house that we're in today. I'm not talking about my house on Game Farm. I'm talking about the house that you and I are all in here today. See, I, I really believe that uh, from that moment forward, God began to provide in places that just, just, I'm telling you what, how we got here, it, you know, we, we'd like to tell you about the wisdom we walked in. It was an incredible journey and it was a lot of faith and thank God for Al and Diana Choa and, and, and the Vakovichs and, and the Carters and, 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 and you, you know, and uh, the Wilkers and everybody that rallied with us. But let me tell you something. I really think that it was God responding to some of those moments where, where we, uh, did something that in our mind was exceptional because it's not what God's trying to get from you. It's what God's attempting to bring to you. And so I just want to challenge you today and at the, at both ends of your pews or pews, aisles, whatever you want to call them. Uh, there's the, the one day cards. If you pull them out, I want everybody to get those cards and get them ready, pass them down. And, and, and we're going to pray about this, but I want to, I want to challenge you today that you would not just, and, and listen, if you're, if you're a first time guests here, just pass the cards on by. If you're, if you're uncomfortable with this, just pass the cards on by. Listen, uh, the reason we want the cards is because we, we want to agree with you, and we're going to be praying for you. We're going to be praying for you, and I'm believing God for an exceptional year, and so, uh, but there's, there's three different ways to give 
in one day. And by the way, this is above and beyond your tithe. We're not passing the bucket twice. Just put your tithe in there. And just, but just, just write on the check or, or uh, do it, you know, just differentiate it somehow. We'll, we'll figure it out. If you're giving online, that's easy. Uh, but I, I just want to say this again. If you haven't prayed and asked God about it, a minute we're going to pray. If you, if you don't hear from God, then, then don't. Then, uh, here's what I know, that if you actually ask God, he'll never tell you not to give. Because that's against his character. So, you, you know, uh, but there's three different ways. And if, you, if you're not consistent in your tithing, I just want to encourage you that that would cause you to be exceptional already. That if you just begin to tithe, the biblical tithing, uh, it, that that'll cause you, think about it, in, in the scope of, of, the, of, the, of, of the nation, you'll be, you'll you immediately be in, in like the top four or five percent. So that'll be, accept- so if, you, if you're not consistent tithing, just start there and just mark the box. That's what we're going to do. We're just going to be again and, uh, because that way we can continue. And if we can continue what we begin, we will become and, and, and so we're going to believe God that way. The second way is just to offer the one-time gift and just to give what God's asked you to give and, and do that. And we're going to be praying together and, and believing God. And, and guess what he's going to do? He's, he's a rewarder. And then the third way, and, and the reason we did this is because we had several people as we were getting ready and, and started planning the dates and the calendar. And they said, you know, man, I wish, I wish uh, that, that we had a little bit more time because, you know, that what we really feel led to give, we, we really can't do it right now. But if we had this time, and so we said, okay, let's just put it out there. And you, you write this down. And, I, and I'll tell you one thing uh, that we have never done and we never will do. We'll never be sending professional fundraisers to your house. We're not going to be following up to see if you've kept up with, uh, you know, this thing that you, you know, this is, there's no strings attached. This is just you making a statement. This is between you and God. And so, the, but we just feel like if we had this much time, we could do that much. But, but I, even with you, I want to challenge you that, that there's something in your hand today that will go towards that and, and, and just begin. Just can't continue what you're unwilling to begin. Amen. Uh, but I, I just want us to know something that. You know, uh, Mary, her heart was God-centered. Judas, his heart was self-centered. And, uh, you know, and it really bothered him. It really bothered him. Look at this waste. Look at this waste. Uh, but that, that's so amazing. It wasn't because he cared about the waste. It's because he was a thief. And, you know, I, I asked a bunch of the guys this week if they'd ever thought about it because it just hit me. And, and I thought, you know, during offering time when the buckets are going around, has, has it ever crossed your mind that someone might be reaching in, taking money out? And everybody said, no. I mean, while we know that's quite possible, we've never, ever, you know, considered that that actually might be happening. And why? Because that would just be weird. Wouldn't it? I mean, wouldn't that be weird that you look over there and, and there's Mike Novakovich? Yeah, I mean, just be odd. Sorry, bro. But, you know, I mean, it'd just be, it'd just be weird. Well, yeah, but how many, how many times has the bucket gone by that people that had money that should be in there, but it's not? Isn't that the same thing? Well, maybe if we can uncover your eyes. Well, we don't trust you. Then you shouldn't be here. You know, just, just so you know, there's a group of guys that oversee the finances uh, I, I don't. But you, you need to be in the position where you can obey God so he can reward you. Why? Because he wants to release some exceptional things in your life.
you have the card, I want us to just take a minute and just pray together. Just, just begin to just close your eyes and just begin to pray. Father, speak. Holy Spirit, speak. Lord, today as we bring the tithe and the offering in and as we, as we give above and beyond that, as we participate in, in this one-day offering. God, I just thank you because what's awesome is that you're wanting to introduce us to a collision with an exceptional future. So God, I, 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 just, I just thank you for giving people this opportunity to use faith, courage, step out and watch what you can do. And Lord, today, as we release this seed, as we bring this to you, God, we just thank you because uh, it's, you're the one that gave it to us. You give seed to the sower. We must be sowers because, God, we have some seed. And so, Lord, we just uh, we, we release this into your hand today, and we thank you that, God, the whole world is going to be changed. And we're not going to be people who get all messed up over what you're using to impact the world. God, we want to be people who are excited and thrilled because we know that if we let go of our life, we'll gain it. We give you praise, glory, and honor in the mighty name of Jesus. Everybody said amen. You ready to give today? Why don't we give God one more hand? Thank him for the opportunity just to sow seed.